Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. It's never an easy call with so many problems in the world to know where to direct the money that you donate when you want to help out in this world. But what I can tell you is that when you donate to CAMH, you're saving lives. We know about the opioid crisis. We know about the mental health crisis. They are doing the work. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help us treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode of CanadaLand is brought to you by Hover.com. Find a domain name for your idea. Go to Hover.com slash CanadaLand and get 10% off of your first purchase. Again, that is Hover.com slash CanadaLand. Domain names for your ideas. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. For 50% off of your first box of food, of meal kits from HelloFresh, Go to HelloFresh.ca slash CanadaLand. Use the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. These are the best meal kits you're going to get. Hey, Jonathan. Hello. How you holding up? Uh, it's been quite a week. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been sleeping? I got some sleep last night. That was nice. Our reporter, uh, Graham Gordon, however, has had less sleep, and I felt bad about that. Every single piece on the on the website is about the rebel. As of the time of this recording, most certainly. Yeah. But a lot of stuff has happened, and when things fall apart, they tend to fall apart pretty quickly. I would not have expected things to happen or fall apart or unravel or unspool this quickly. And there, it's by no means the end of anything, but it's been quite the chain reaction or snowball or avalanche or whatever metaphor you choose to use. We've been in kind of like full-on breaking news newsroom mode. We're bleary-eyed, uh, you and Graham especially, but everybody's been pulling together mm -hmm. to get these stories out. A lot of what people learned about The Rebel, they've learned through us. Mm -hmm. And yet a lot of people, 
have not been following this as diligently. I think that to a lot of people, just crazy, wacky stuff happening from this wacky rebel shop mm-hmm. gets filed under a certain category. Uh, what we're going to do today is is try to tell it all. To the best of our ability. Yeah, the best we can. And this is rapidly moving. And I think we're probably going to have to break and pause this recording halfway through so you can go and check to see what's happening now. Yep. We're even aware of a few things that might break in the next day or two. Sort of peak news junkie, uh, just right into your veins kind of thing. Anyhow, we'll just deal with this as we can. It's Friday afternoon. We're going to make this podcast. There's still tonight, tomorrow, Sunday before this comes out. If we have to update this, I will dip in and update it. But we're going to tell the story of what happened at the Rebel this week as best we can. So wait for it. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Rachel Listener. Hi, Rachel. Ellie Dams, Margaret Bryant, Philip Conliffe, Josh Asselstein, Paul Sanborn, Erica Meir, and Elise Malton. Elise, why did you decide to be awesome? I support Canada Land because I am a diehard Commons listener, and I started listening from the beginning. And what I love most about Commons is that I'm not really politically savvy and I feel like it really speaks to me on that level as like a young Canadian who wants to be engaged in what's going on in Canada politically, but I'm a little bit afraid of reading the more hardcore political. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction, and build hope. This episode is also brought to you by Hover.com. It is really important to grab any domain that might be important to you. Jonathangoldsby.com 
is owned by Ezra Levant. It's owned by Ezra Levant. He got their first people. He has Jonathan's name. He has a lot of people's names. I have goldspeed.com, but I don't really need to administer another, so I told Ezra to keep it for now. Okay. People, if you have something that you think you might need, go get it now. There are tons, like like hundreds of suffixes that you can get, .ninja, .horse, in addition to your .coms, .cas, .medias. And hover.com is the place where you want to do that. They're also the place where you want to move your domain if you have it parked with one of those other shadier domain operators. And they're also a great place to host your email. They are who we use for canadalandshow.com. Go to hover.com slash canadaland and get 10% off of your first purchase. Again, that is hover.com slash canadaland. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy and convenient. Cooking is often none of those things as, as much as it is something that I think that everybody should do. It is, uh, I'm a bit of uh, you know, a hypocrite in saying that cause it's, 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 I used to preach that. And then when you get busy, it's the first thing that goes. And that has a lot to do with the stress of meal planning. It has a lot to do with the stress of shopping. If you're working uh, a job where you hit the supermarket, when the big lineup is there, you just don't want to deal with any of it. You don't want to have to buy a, how many beans do you need for a dish that has beans? You usually have twice as much and you throw up beans and you feel bad about that. All of this, all of this is solved for you by HelloFresh. They make super simple meal kits designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks. They source the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantity needed, no food waste, all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. They have kits for couples, they have kits for families, and you you will get 50% off of your first box if you visit hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand. You've been hearing a lot about these services. Why not just try it out at half the price? Use the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe at hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand. Okay, Jonathan, this is how I want to do this. Okay. I am going to tell the story. Okay. And I'm going to pretend that I'm telling it to you as somebody who doesn't know the story. And you being here listening to me is going to help me relate it in an efficient and like, I'm going to help, help me get it down because we've been swimming in the details of this mm-hmm. and the minutia of it. Okay. And seeing the forest for the trees and getting this into some kind of comprehensible narrative is going to be a bit of a challenge. Oh yes. And sometimes I'll do this. If I'm talking to the audience, I'll get somebody in here so I can tell them the story and I can look somebody in the eye and explain something. Cause it helps to not look at the wall like a crazy person as you tell a story. But the advantage of having you as the person I'm telling this to is that if I skip over something that I shouldn't or get something wrong, or overstate something, which sometimes I've, I, I'll do, mm-hmm. you can stop me. But otherwise... So I'm the person who doesn't know the story, but also knows it completely. That's it. Okay. Got it? Maybe. Our story begins last week when post-Charlottesville, the rebel is, is in full meltdown. And Brian Lilly, the co-founder of the rebel, has cut ties. Barbara Kay, contributor, has cut ties saying, uh, there's too many bad apples here. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Robinson, a contributor to the rebel, has left... And uh, we report that they are a rebel without a cruise. Their rebel cruise has been canceled. Can't take credit for that line, sadly. Yeah, somebody else coined that one. And in addition to that, Press Progress is calling up conservative politicians and saying, look, will you denounce the rebel? I mean, after Charlottesville, it's like the scales fell from everybody's eyes and the association of the rebel with white nationalism, with the alt-right suddenly becomes clear and everyone is being held to account. And, mm-hmm. and there's this palpable sense of panic. Who's going to be next? Can Ezra salvage this brand? And it's it's a matter of people leaving. And it also seems like it's going to be a matter of people getting fired. Because if Ezra 
is going to continue to have this conservative news source in Canada. How do you run a conservative media company when no conservative politician will speak to you because you're associated with white nationalists and white supremacists? Ezra takes to the Rebel Studio, puts out a staff memo and a video saying, we aren't alt-right. So here's my thinking clarified after this weekend. Conservatives aren't alt-right. And we at the Rebel sure aren't, at least how that term is now used. Alt-right now effectively means racism, anti-Semitism, and tolerance of neo-Nazism. No, not us. The alt-right, I used to think it was this other thing. I used to think it was a lot of fun. But no, now it's now it's 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 morphed. And we had some critical thoughts on whether he could, you know. Generally speaking, it's a revisionist history of the alt-right. A revisionist history that allows him to explain why he was alt-right until he wasn't. Uh, of course, the alt-right was always this. It was coined by Richard Spencer. We talked about that on Shortcuts. But, but what we see here is Ezra in a rare moment of retreat. And I thought it was interesting. Ezra trying to draw lines that I feel like the rebel had been blurring since it started, whenever anybody said, hey, didn't somebody seek hail at your rally or you guys are a bunch of Nazis, his response was Nazis. Nazis are like a figment of your imagination on the left, that, that calling everybody who disagrees with you a Nazi is your problem and you're overreacting. And that's not what this is about at all. Around that time, the, the Beaverton published a story with the headline, Ezra Levant confident that riled up far right mob won't come for Jews this time. Yes. And that kind of, I think, does an excellent job of explaining this arguably arbitrary distinction that a number of people or a lot of people on or a particular segment of the far right draws. So we know that this is going to be a tough thing for Ezra to do because we know, thanks to your reporting, like you've been in the muck, like watching copious amounts of footage of Gavin McInnes in his paywalled site where for like, you know, an hour a night, you were the one who reported that he had this screed where he was very sympathetic to neo-Nazi positions and, and, and even brought up these age old libels of the Jews are responsible for the Treaty of Versailles and the Holodomor genocide. And basically presenting the opinions of Nazis and seeming quite sympathetic to them. Uh, we've also reported on, on questionable stuff that uh, Faith Goldie has said. So if Ezra is now trying to reassert a more centrist vi vision mm -hmm. of the rebel, our question was, well, who's going to be the next to go? In order to reassert the rebel that way, will Gavin have to go? Will Faith Goldie have to go? At the time, I tweeted, you know, made the observation, you know, so long as the rebel employs the people it does, it's just going to keep drifting for the right word. Well, but this is the thing is that is that. It always seems possible that he will be able to rebrand it if people aren't paying attention, which is why it suddenly felt like everything you've been doing for months was so important. We have these stories we could point to to say, well, why is it a problem now? And it wasn't then when we pointed out that Gavin mm -hmm. said these things. So we got curious, well, who's going to go next? And that is when we did the most obvious thing, or rather you did the most obvious thing, because we had these high profile departures where people actually put out statements on Twitter saying, I, I you know, regret to inform the public that I am no longer with the rebel. But had anyone quietly been shuffled away, fired or quit? And the rebel has a page. It has not quite a masthead, but a contributor page like a lot of websites do. And some people are sort of in this live section and some of them, their faces go gray or the text goes gray or something. It just changes from like host or contributor to archives. Archives. Archives is rebel code for no longer here. And, and you went to go see if anyone has recently become an archive. Mm -hmm. And somebody was. Kaylin Robertson, their second man in the UK. The rebel has been increasing its efforts into the UK. They found this big personality, Tommy Robinson. 
And Tommy Robinson is sort of like this uh, football-loving chap who uh, is uh, got a lot of popularity and around him. Founder of a infamous white nationalist group there from which he has since disassociated himself, but at least with regards to Muslims, expresses some uh, dis- distressing things. And uh, he gets big numbers for Ezra in the UK and Ezra put together a little media team around him for the Rebels UK, mm-hmm. uh, one of whom actually started to emerge as a personality in his own right, and that's this- Kaylin Robertson. Kaylin Robertson, all of a sudden no longer with the rebel. That led you to seeing if we couldn't somehow contact Kaylin because there was no public statement from Kaylin about, about leaving or being no, fired. And I was compiling a list of a growing list of people who have left the rebel, which I have, you know, I wanted to add him to that, just find out what's your reason. So in that, in that, so we spoke to our reporter, Graham Gordon, who has developed a lot of really excellent sources, uh, source relationships with people on the right. Again, here's where I think the fact that we've been focusing so heavily on this since you joined us uh, is paying off. And, you know, you, Graham Gordon and Evan Balgord have those contacts and and have the institutional knowledge of what they're about. And and so Graham reaches out to Kaylin, you know, hey, are you no longer with the rebel? And that's how I think we're first to the story. We find out that his departure is arguably more complicated than that of some others this week. We found out that Kalen was mere hours away from publishing a expose attack video against Ezra. Sort of a spin on those why I left BuzzFeed videos, but this one is actually highly critical. And we learn about this Wednesday afternoon, and Kalen says he is going live with this video, like, first thing Thursday morning. And we're trying to get as much prior information as we can. Well, what's in this video? What are the allegations? And Graham learns from Kalen that supposedly this series of accusations that Kalen is about to go public with includes the accusation that Ezra offered him hush money. Mm-hmm. And I remember the mood around the office. We went from excitement that we were first to the story to almost like skepticism. And you said, well, that's weird. And we started to doubt whether the story was true because, and I shared your reservation, like- Who calls it hush money? Who actually uses those words? Would Ezra actually have called it hush money? This is just sounding dubious. Well, we got an advanced copy of the unedited recording. And here's what that sounded like. And then there's the hush money side, which we'll talk about in a second. I want to break it into two parts. First is severance. And the other is sort of the hush money. So now we know that this story is legit and we are getting ready to have an article that will go up as soon as Kaylin's video goes up. Because what we learned from our lawyer, and this is an interesting little digression here, but this is a story that we know we're going to need legal advice for. Yeah, generally the stories in which we'll need legal advice are often ones with regard to the rebel. Yes, Ezra Levant is highly litigious. I don't think that that's a controversial statement. Beyond that, even if it wasn't about Ezra, it involves like a secret recording, what's, what sounds like a secretly made recording. And, you know, we need to know what we're okay to use and what we're not. So we have a service that we use to call a legal hotline and, and the first lawyer we're connected with through our insurance plan. Can't help us. Can't help us. Why? Because they've represented either the rebel, either the rebel or Ezra. Was it the rebel? It's the rebel. So there's a conflict there. They can't they can't help us because they've helped uh, him. And then the, the lawyer that they have on call to deal with their conflicts has also represented Ezra. <laughs> That's one of those things that when you've sued and or been sued by enough people in the media, chances are you'll have worked with quite a number of media lawyers. There aren't that many libel lawyers in Canada, and there's a lot of libel cases that involve Ezra and the rebels. So finally, we find ourselves talking to a lawyer who can help us, who isn't conflicted out. And what we learn is that we would be best served to wait for Kalen to go first. And so we're waiting for Kalen to drop his video, if he is, for us to report our story on it. Mm -hmm. Kalen drops his video. 
So some of you might or might not know, but two weeks ago I actually left the Rebel Media. But what you definitely don't know is that Ezra then flew to the UK to offer $20,000 to make sure that this very video would not get made. At the time I wasn't sure why on earth he was flying all the way around the world all in one day armed with non-disclosure agreements and prepared to pay a huge chunk of what he called hush money. Full disclosure here, by the way, the Rebel fired both me and its UK producer suddenly without cause. Personally, I think it's because we both knew too much. I am prepared to give you and Kaelin a very nominal sum to sign a second confidentiality. I will PayPal to you right fucking now. I have the PayPal money on my phone and have it in your account in 90 seconds. Now the Rebel takes its money from ordinary hard-working people, but it also quietly takes a lot of money from less ordinary, more wealthy people too. And the more I think about it, the more I realize why Ezra was so keen to chain me up with paperwork and threats because the ordinary, well-meaning people who are donating to causes deserve to know that what's happening with their money. They deserve to know where it's going and Rebel doesn't want them to. But why? Why doesn't Rebel want them to know the truth? And this brings me to my main point. And so what the Rebel does with your money. The Rebel presents itself as a crowdfunding source of real news, conservative commentary, and the other side of the story. But the more I learned, the harder it is to believe that Rebel is actually nothing more than making money. Okay, so that's just a little bit of it and it is wild. It's been viewed now over 100,000 times. It is this really excoriating, incendiary, and um, defamatory document. Like it, There's just such a series of allegations ranging from this drama about hush money to accusations about financial impropriety at the Rebel, accusations about the Rebel hushing up stories because they wanted Nigel Farage to be a contributor. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on. It's quite a prism. Every time you look at it, every time you, you view it from like a different angle, it's like, oh, there's a whole other set, set of rabbit holes and pathways it goes down. Filled with red flags for us as well. It is this uh, condemnation of Ezra, but within it, Kalen admits that he signed contracts that he's now mm -hmm. breaking. He's criticizing Ezra for, uh, you know, alleged malfeasance in crowdfunding. It ends with a crowdfunding message. We have no idea, uh, you know, the credibility of Kalen. And, and I think it must be stated here that, that, you know, those claims have not been verified. No, no, no. I mean, obviously, we're, we're doing our best to verify pieces as they're reported, but no, it's, it's unverified, nor have we taken it to an audio forensics expert to be certain that nothing has been doctored. Yeah, but it becomes sort of a newsworthy document on its own as a matter of public interest that's been seen now by over 100,000 people. This now, uh, in the ongoing story of the Rebels' meltdown, which is now being covered by, like, everybody, mm -hmm. this is now where the story has moved to. So we have everything now, you know, in addition to, like, what actually happened between Kalen and, and Ezra— there are these allegations against Ezra and the video contains screenshots of emails. And we also uh, were provided by Kalen internal documentation from the rebel. I want to talk about that for a moment, Jonathan, because this has been something that in documenting the rebel has been a matter of great curiosity for us for a long mm -hmm. time. The rebel is a black box. It is a private company that does crowdfunding, which is exactly the status of Canada land, but there's less transparency about how much they've raised. And another big distinction is that we crowdfund for a month a year and we crowdfund to do media, to do reporting and podcasts. And then we spend the rest of our time. And our Patreon is, it's Patreon, it's public. You can see how much we're bringing in at any given time. Right. 
the rebel is always crowdfunding for many, many different things. Mm -hmm. They're always asking for money and they're not asking for money just to do media, but when they report a story that incites their viewership to outrage, they say, now let's do something about it. You can help sign this petition, give us money. And the point, one of the points that Kalen made, and it's pretty accurate is that in many respects, the rebel is run like a political campaign or a political party is run. It runs on software like that. And a lot of it is about generating and it appears to be about generating databases of names and contacts. I want to talk about that in a little bit more detail. First, let's talk about this specific internal documentation that Kalen exposed. Basically, there are these emails where Ezra is teaching Kalen and the rebel UK uh, bureau, how to do business. And we learn a bit about how the rebel does business. And in this email about this campaign, and the campaign is called prosecutefgm.com. And again, Ezra gets new URLs for every campaign. So prosecute female genital mutilation.com. And it's fun to look at all the URLs he owns to see what's coming up or what never launched. Yeah, you can. There's an index of what he's what he's registered, so you can get a sense of of what editorial choices they've made around the, their campaigns. But there's there's a lot of strategy that's revealed here. Here's me quoting from an Ezra Levant email. I think we can keep it simple to start. Just a video with a petition to begin with. No social commerce. This is a term he uses for his crowdfunding. Social commerce. Then another video in a week or so delivering the petition for prosecute FGM. When it falls on deaf ears, now that's interesting. He's planning here for it to fall on deaf ears. Perhaps then we do another video saying it's time to take action. Perhaps we roll out billboard art and say, we're going to go buy a billboard. And Ezra has raised money to buy billboards in the past. But here he again plans to fail. And then when that's nixed by a politically correct billboard company, we do a video on that too and come up with plan B. As in, it can be a recurring campaign. And even after we've dropped off the petition, we obviously still keep the petition page open for more signatures. That made a light bulb go off over my head of like, oh, every time Ezra does a drive for petitions, like let's say he's looking for a thousand signatures, does he keep that petition open? To sign our petition. To sign our petition. I've set up a petition. Sign our petition. You go to firebob.ca. Sign our petition. To sign the petition. Sign our petition now. And sign your name right now. We've started a petition. I've set up a petition. Sign our petition. Please sign our petition. Sign the petition. I want you to go to refugeepause.ca right now and sign our petition. I say we start a petition. And when he's raising money, what happens? Because some of his campaigns, you can see how much money he's raised. Has he hit his target? And others, you can't. What happens if he makes more money than he's asking for? What happens to that money? And Kalen in his video points out something that was hiding in plain sight. And that is the contribution policy mm -hmm. on the Rebels website. I'd never know. I mean, I'd never noticed before. Kalen didn't even think there was a way to get there from anywhere on the site. There is. But yeah, he was wrong about that. You, it is there. It's on their public website, but it's the small print. And what it says is surplus funds raised for specific initiatives will be used for other costs associated with that project, like website development, but additional funds will be used towards other similar initiatives in the future. Wow. What is a similar initiative when you consider the vast range of campaigns? Okay. And we asked our producer, Kevin Sexton, to just like start, start building us a list of campaigns the Rebel has made, uh, has raised funds for. And I think he stopped at 25 and then he had to do some other work. And this includes like 
support Jordan Peterson's research. Spearkids.com, money for Omar Cotter's victims. Rebuild Fort McMurray. Uh, campaign to buy radio ads to boycott Tim Hortons. Help buy the Rebel a new studio. Help fund the Rebel's new video app. Help send the Rebel to Israel. Help fund their mission to France. This raises questions, and, and, and this may be, and, uh, you know, uh, I think this disclaimer might make it perfectly legitimate. I'm, there's no accusation of illegality here. Or even impropriety, since the disclaimer does appear to allow this. Well, uh, you know, I guess impropriety is a subjective concept. But if somebody gave money to help a military veteran, which was one of their campaigns, a campaign to honor military veterans, or there there have been many rebel campaigns to help victims of various types of violence, and that money instead was used to send the rebel to Paris. No, not instead, because there are... Very few allegations that they did not fulfill the promises on things. It's a question of what did they do with the money that they raised above and beyond what was necessary to fulfill a promise. Well, there's at least one accusation of them hitting their target and not delivering what they said. There's a documentary that they promised to make if they got $25,000 to do a documentary on the on the Christians of Iraq. And rather than produce the documentary as promised, Kalen alleges that the only product of that so far are three short videos, which themselves are fundraisers. So there's some questions about that. We've asked these questions. We've posed this to Ezra to say, what do you mean when you say you can use money from one campaign for similar initiatives? Does that mean that people giving money for a victim of violence may in fact be contributing to the Rebels' new video app or to the Rebels' trip to Paris? And we've actually submitted about 17 questions to Ezra Levant concerning all the stuff we're talking about today. We've asked him to come on the show and actually talk with us. He declined, and I'll get into that in a little bit more detail in a bit. But um, if we get a response from him, we will add his response to this show. And we're looking forward to doing so. Anyhow, Jonathan, this was like kind of the most insight through Kalen's, like we knew that the only way we were ever going to find out about rebel finances was if somebody left the rebel and started talking about it a little bit. And even then we still don't, we have no one's seen like the books or anything. We only know, we know what they presented outwards. And now we have an idea of how they internally communicate in terms of building campaigns. Yeah. I, it made me rethink about what they're doing. And you bring uh, our attention to the fact that they use Nation Builder, which is actually a political campaigning tool, not, mm-hmm. not a content management system, or at least not exclusively so. And it made me rethink what the rebel is. It is, you know. It's a political advocacy organization. Reading and the way that they make money through this uh, social commerce. Reading Ezra's uh, correspondence with his team, he is driving them, it seems, towards articles that will result in petitions and fundraisers. And the sheer number of petitions he talks about, if you get 100,000 names, he even gets into specific detail about this, that it is not about clickbait. He writes that videos that got like, that went super viral, got more than a million views, resulted in like $200 Canadian. That the way that the rebel makes money is by amassing huge lists of people who are sympathetic to one cause or the other, and then asking them for money. And they ask again and again and again. And we do not know the full picture of what they do with that money. Anyhow, this is what we were chewing on and contemplating when the next thing happened, which is Ezra's response video came out. It begins with him taking a big audible gulp. I've had a rough week. No, it's not what you think. It's not because the liberal media is criticizing us for being too right-wing. That happens all the time. 
uh, something else happened to me for the first time in my life, actually, and I don't really know how to say it other than to just say it, and I can't really believe it, but here it goes, I'll say it. I'm being blackmailed. I'm being extorted. That's what's happening. It happened in the UK. Just a bit of background. As you know, we've got this great guy out there on our team, Tommy Robinson, smart, brave, tough. He used to be the head of the English Defense League. Well, this guy, Kalen Robertson, who just approached Tommy and attached himself to Tommy and made Tommy's videos great. We had no idea who he was, but we were grateful to him, so we offered to pay him a few bucks to work part-time to help Tommy. And then someone else just joined the team, named George Llewellyn John. He agreed to be the cameraman for Tommy. It was great. Suddenly we went from one guy to a whole team. But things fell apart. I mean, sometimes they'd have quarrels and wouldn't leave their apartment bedroom to go to work. Tommy missed an important interview because of that. They were doing side projects instead of our work. They were moonlighting for a political candidate that we were covering. It was just too crazy. So I sent an old trusted friend over to the UK to meet with them face to face to say goodbye. Now these two had only worked for us for about three or four months. We were really firing them for cause. I mean, you don't get severance when you're fired for cause. But then they demanded thousands and thousands of pounds for severance. After just a few months, that makes no sense. But my old friend told me it was necessary to make some problems go away. I, I couldn't believe it. So I called up my old friend and he told me what was really going on. It wasn't for severance. It was to pay these two off, to pay them a shakedown. See, they had told my friend in excruciating detail what they were going to do and how they were going to do it if we didn't shovel them tens of thousands of pounds. They were going to claim that they left us because we were unethical, not because we fired them. They were going to publicly allege that we were stealing money from our viewers somehow, that we were stealing money from charities somehow, or other things we crowdfund. It was a complete lie. So now we have two very different and contradictory versions of this story. Mm -hmm. And we don't know who is telling the truth. And going through this with you now, how far do we actually want to get down this rabbit hole of... Did Kalen and George try to extort and blackmail Ezra or did Ezra come and offer hush money? And, and I think it's a worthwhile rabbit hole because I think the answer will tell us a lot about either or both of them. Yeah. Not that there necessarily is one answer we can get to. That's right. There's a lot of just uh, he said, he said to this. And there's also, I think, a lot of people spinning the same facts. I was contemplating, like, how do we divide these larger questions about not just the rebel, but the rebel in the context of global events here and what we're all this discussion we're having about extremism and the alt-right between this, who who is lying about about this falling out and where we should take our coverage. And as I'm trying to figure out what we should do with it, word comes from Graham that Caitlin Robertson is willing to be interviewed by me. Uh, so, okay, I called him up, reached him in the UK, in for a penny, in for a pound. This is what that sounded like. Hi, this is Jesse Brown calling from Canada Land. Oh, hi, how's it going? Pretty good. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Kaylin. Okay. So you provided to us, Kaylin, a, a recording of this meeting between George, Tommy, and Ezra Levant. Yeah. Who made that recording and, and why did they make it? Uh, George made the recording. He's here with me now. He did it because... Oh, do you want to hear it from him, or do you want me to say? Uh, let's hear it from George. Okay, one sec. Hi. Hey, George. 
So the question I had was, you recorded this conversation where uh, the, the parties present were you, Ezra Levant, and, and Tommy? Yep. And this was secretly recorded, is that right? Yes. So why'd you do that? Um, I'd kind of heard uh, and, and got a taste for how Ezra did business. At, at the point that we had that meeting, I'd already had two lawyers' letters from him, uh, kind of basically uh, threatening me uh, and, and Kaylin on kind of grounds that, that didn't really quite match up to what actually happened, whether it was kind of Ezra exacerbating facts to to the lawyers, which I kind of is what I think happened because they were kind of very sure in their facts, many of which weren't actually accurate. So we kind of had those had those letters. Uh, eventually, kind of Ezra invited me to this meeting. Uh, I knew that something was going to happen. He was either going to kind of sort things out. He he said that he wanted to sort things out amicably. Uh, I got an email from him inviting me to the to the meeting, saying that I sort things out amicably. Two hours later, I got another incredibly threatening uh, letter from the lawyers. So I kind of thought, you know, obviously, obviously something is not right here. So initially, it was kind of more of a, a case of to protect myself in case anything, uh, in case anything untoward went down. And you know, thankfully, and, and uh, also, I suppose, unfortunately, I was kind of proved right in that. Thank you. C- can I talk to Kaylin again? Of course. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm wondering why were you invited to that to that meeting? No, I wasn't invited. Ezra and I weren't really talking at that point just because it fell out. I didn't want to have any communication with him. He didn't want to have any communication with me, so I wasn't invited. Okay. So in the recording, it, it sounds pretty clear that it's Ezra who brings up the topic of hush money. Yeah. But but in his response video, he says that you and George were initially the ones blackmailing and extorting him. Okay. Well, that, that's so, a fine thing to say, but it's untrue. There's no evidence of that. Well, 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 there's no well, mail. You're, so you deny that that's true? Completely but, deny. So let, let me um, ask it this way. Who was the first person to suggest that he provide money in exchange for your silence? Corey. Corey is the first person ever at the Rebel who suggested any figure at all to give us. He walked into our house a week before that meeting and he said, we're going to let you go. We're going to fire you because there's no reason for this. We're going to give you a severance fee. We're going to give you four months uh, of your salary, sorry, two months of your salary. We said, we think it's appropriate to have more than two months of a salary because we're now unemployable from working for Rebel. He went off. He came back the next day. And he said, well, because you moved into this big house in the countryside, the rent that you would have been paying for the next 10 months of a four-bedroom house, we will top up of what it would have cost for you to rent a two-bedroom house in the same area. So he offered us $14,000. We didn't extort anyone. We didn't say that we had anything on anyone. We said that sounds great. We shook hands. He gave this information to Ezra. Ezra apparently pulled his hair out because he didn't want to pay us a penny. And then he started lying, saying that we were extorting him. No one extorted anyone, ever. Uh, apparently, it's got to do with Tommy. I still really like Tommy. If I had anything on him, I would have released it in the expose. So that's where the figure came from. It's a producer called Corey. Do you know this Corey's last name? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, George, what's his last name? Uh, Corey Tanika. Tanika. Are you aware that Corey Tanike used to be the Director of Communications for the Prime Minister of Canada? Yes. Okay. And he Wait, w- no, 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 I wasn't. Wait, George, uh, he said, are we aware that 
Corey Sinaiko was the director of communications for Prime Minister of Canada. Wait, oh no, we weren't about that. Sorry, I was thinking of a judge that they had hired. Uh, no, I wasn't aware of that. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. And Corey Tanaik was was acting as Ezra's representative. That was clear to you? Absolutely. Yeah, he came, he met Tommy and told Tommy that he was going to fire us half an hour before he came to our address, which Ezra just doxed, and said that um, that he was going to offer us a severance fee because the reason is that they were going to offer us a bigger fee than they would give to any other employees who have been with us for the same amount of time was because they weren't giving us a reason that they were firing us. They said it's their fault, it's a restructuring. And why do you think you were fired? <sighs> because we disagreed with Ezra on the story with Anne-Marie Waters, I think. I think Ezra has a history of just flying off the handle with uh, Jack Posobiec and all these different people. I think he felt the same way with us. He didn't want to be as abusive to me, I think, because I was really close to Tommy. He didn't want to lose Tommy. Uh, I guess it's that. I, other than that, I still don't fully know why. Now, the idea that you were going to somehow embarrass or expose Tommy, that did not originate on Ezra's most recent video. In fact, in the recording, Ezra says, Jesus Christ, if somebody takes a run at Tommy and embarrasses him, I would hate to be that group. Not that Tommy would do anything, but Tommy's got a lot of friends. What did you so make he of was that? Just threatening us. He was threatening us, saying, if you try and take down the rebel media, Tommy supporters will beat you up. So he's not just threatening us financially, he's threatening us uh, physically, basically, by saying, you know, people will come after you. Tommy was just as shocked as George and I was when he heard them, him say that. Tommy was like, what the hell are you talking about? So it's Tommy afterwards. Tommy was like, I had no idea what the hell he was going on about. So yeah, it's nonsense. It's just threats, as usual. He also says in the recording, Ezra says... I want you to learn from this example. There's a guy in Ottawa who talked about the rebels crowdfunding based on a bunch of rumors and half truths and gossip. And Ezra goes on to say, I sued a guy in Ottawa. I think he's referring to the same guy (laughs) for $95,000. It's not a lot of money, but I wanted to send a signal that he was lying about us. And now he's in a five year fucking trap. How did you take that? I just thought it was another threat. I mean, I think I knew who that guy was because he referred to him as this Canadian guy or something on a piece of paper. And I saw a guy on Twitter called Canadian Cynic who was tweeting negative things about him and put two and two together. It was just another threat. The meeting wasn't a meeting to discuss anything. It wasn't like it was with Corey. It was to threaten us. Well, what, where it comes from. I mean, what, what evidence do you have? Because this is something uh, Ezra Levant says you have no evidence. You make a number of claims that he's misusing funds pretty serious claims. I mean, that's that's at the heart of their business model is they raise money for victims, they raise money for all sorts of causes, and you suggest pretty clearly that he is m- misusing those funds, uh, spending money on things that are not w- what he claims to be raising money for. What evidence do you have? That, of that evidence. This is the first time I'm saying it to anyone outside George. Ezra doesn't know this. No one knows this. But... Stop the tape. Jonathan, we cannot include this part. We can't include this part, but I, I, I think I can summarize it. At this point in my conversation with Kaylin, he makes new allegations, new unverified, unsubstantiated allegations about specific financial impropriety at the rebel. And it's not something that we can independently verify. And there's zero evidence at this point. So we can't even include him making those allegations. Not for the time. Certainly not for the time being. No. And perhaps he'll go public with that of his own accord. Perhaps he won't, but we take no position on that at all. 
I asked him for the evidence he says he has. And what he told me was that he is going to hold on to this evidence that demonstrates financial impropriety on the part of the rebel in the event that he is sued by Ezra Levant, which there's a high probability he will be. He says that in court, he will be able to introduce it in discovery as evidence and he'll have qualified privilege. He can't be sued for libel for, for doing so at that time. And my interpretation of this was that he has two purposes in holding this evidence back. One is that, yes, as stated, he does want to get sued by Ezra Levant. And the second is that this is a preventative measure, a shield. Basically, if you sue me, this will come out. That's certainly how I interpret it. That's what Kalen said. So let's get back to my conversation with him. Kalen, regardless of who first brought up the idea of you being paid to keep quiet, you took that hush money. And it looks like he's he's correct in saying you took his money on, on a couple of different occasions. That was money in return for, for silence. And you also signed contracts agreeing to keep quiet about all of this. And now you've yeah. broken those contracts and you are talking. Why have you decided to do that? And, you know, it, it has to be asked, you did break a promise to Ezra. Do you feel like you now have a credibility problem in, in, in believing what you're saying about all these other things? I don't because I still reported facts. It doesn't matter whether it's a promise with Ezra or not. Ezra still has done this and it's still the truth in what I'm reporting. And that's the industry I want to go into. I want to be a journalist. I want to report on facts. Also, you said that this is the, that he claimed on more than one occasion that I've taken money to keep quiet about something. That £3,000 that I took is the first time I've ever taken money from Rebel to stay quiet about something. Also, I reference to that £3,000 as severance, not for hush money. The hush money, in my opinion, was to be paid from the end of this month for four months. Obviously, that's not happening. So I actually haven't obtained a penny in hush money from Ezra. The only thing I did fuck up and do is sign that non-disclosure agreement, which, of course, I've broken, but I think I broke it for ethical reasons. So I actually haven't taken any hush money from him. That £8,000 isn't in my bank account. Uh, if rebels say it is, then prove a bank statement showing that it was sent to me. <laughs> it wasn't. Sure. But you signed a contract that was uh, ostensibly, had you not broken the contract, it's, it's conceivable uh, that you would have gotten that hush money. Well, no, because I wanted to do the ethical thing. I wanted I to report on what had, what had happened. I found the information afterwards. I mean, I didn't break the contract. I only broke the contract today by releasing that video. Okay. I didn't break it before and then go, oh, shit, the contract's gone. I'm going to take down Rebel. I took down Rebel, and that broke the contract. So I had full intentions knowing that the hush money would be flushed down the toilet. That's totally fine. So now you, you are in violation of a contract that you signed, and I don't think it's even a matter of opinion to, to say that Ezra Levent is a highly litigious person. And you have attacked his business in a way that I think would discourage yeah. a lot of people from contributing to it. What do you think is going to happen to you now? I think Ezra's going to do anything in his power to uh, libel me, to lie about me, to sue me, to throw the book at me, to do everything he can to make himself look like he was right in all of this. But at the end of the day, I feel like what I did was ethical. I feel like what I did was important. When I went to the Rebel Live conference in Canada, I saw so many people, especially elderly people, who said they donated all of their, you know, a lot of their savings to Rebel. I felt really, really sad when I came back from that and thought, well, this has to be exposed. People have to know this. Whether Ezra's going to come after me or not, whether it makes the contract void, whatever the hell those terms are, it still has to be told ethically, morally. And I didn't really want the burden of having that information and not, you know, having people blindly contribute to a company 
that was doing this. So that's my opinion of that. One last question for you. you your message where you are making claims about Ezra's uh, fr- uh, allegedly fraudulent crowdfunding, it ends with your own crowdfunding message. And, and you have a stated intention. Uh, you are going to be launching your own rival news service and uh, you're, you're encouraging people to donate to you. And I have to imagine that uh, if a lawsuit does come, you might crowdfund a legal defense fund. I think that people might might suspect that this is a strategy on your part to, to launch your own your own careers and your own enterprise. How would you respond to that? I think if I wanted to, yeah, I mean, if I, if I wanted to launch my own career and enterprise, I would have just done it by doing a viral video going around Europe exposing what's going on. I'm more than capable of doing that. This actually hinders my ability to go off and create content and to become a big star. So I don't see how it would be used as a benefit for me to expose Rebel to then use it to build a company. I mean, the fact that I said at the end the donations would be completely transparent, unlike the Rebel, shows that we're offering an alternative for people who still want to spend their money on an alternative to fake news can still go to us. Kaylin, thank you very much. Okay, so that was my conversation with Kaylin and with his boyfriend, George, and that took place last Thursday. And it was following that conversation that I knew that we were going to have to reach out to Ezra. And and when I said, will you come on the show? Like I've spoken to Kaylin. There's two people who have differing accounts here. He's on the show. You should be on the show too. And what Ezra said is, last time I was on your show, you deceptive edited one of my answers. I can't risk that here. So that's a new one. Because as far as we know, well, it's a new one to me. I I have been in in touch with Ezra many times since he was on this show and he's been in touch with me Uh, whenever we have stories that involve the rebel, we'll ask him for comment. And, and I even uh, saw him at some like media mixer event conference thing. What kind of thing was that? I don't even want to get into it, but we had a super awkward, but civil and friendly chat. And at no point in any of these exchanges did he bring up the idea that he felt like I had edited him deceptively when he was on this show. In fact, I've never heard that from anybody who's been on this show. Anyhow, he asked me to send him the questions in written form instead. I, I sent them. And uh, again, should he respond, we will, we will include that. I also asked him to like tell me more about this supposedly deceptive edit, because if we did get something wrong or do something wrong, I would like to fix that. Anyhow, Jonathan, mm-hmm. stuff just kept happening. Stuff keeps happening. It's like the the height of the Rob Ford years. It's, you know, you're, you're scared to step away from Twitter for a moment. Even right now, I'm like furiously checking my phone every few minutes. We reported that Gavin McInnes was out at the Rebel. I think I actually, we reported that before all of this. Press Progress had a story that the Rebel had been taking money from an anti-Muslim think tank. They broke that story. We learned that Faith Goldie was fired. Mm-hmm. And Joe Warmington broke that. We'd heard similar things, but you know, he, he was able to confirm at first. Well, it seems like he's friends with Faith Goldie, so maybe she wanted to come in from a friend. I, I, you but know, she was nice enough to respond to our DM. The last person I expected to be in this narrative is Rob Ford's favorite journalist, uh, Mick Scoop, the, uh, the news dog, Joe Warmington. Very surprised for him to have a role in this, but there he was breaking the news that Faith Goldie was out. He has good contacts. But yeah, she was she was axed by by Ezra. Uh, I think you'd said earlier she'll be the last one out. Even the, earlier in that afternoon, I had thought if it keeps going the way it does, it'll by the end be just Faith Goldie and Ezra in a bunker. But yeah, I mean, we, we knew through your reporting at that point that Faith Goldie, when she was in Charlottesville, had had said that she thought that Richard Spencer's manifesto was robust and well thought out, including the part where he asks the JQ, the Jewish question. So we knew that there was a lot of coziness mm-hmm. between her and these neo-Nazis, but it was cozier than we thought. And it turns out that she had actually appeared on the neo-Nazi podcast for the Daily Stormer. Mm-hmm. 
And here's what that sounded like. You can follow me at Twitter at FaithGoldie, Roblox Media, or um, on, on, on YouTube. I appreciate you having me. Okay. I just have one question for you. And, and my listeners would not forgive oh, me if I didn't I'm, ask I'm you. I'm waiting for it, baby. Okay, oh, it's an easy one. Yeah. Have you ever seen Ezra Levant mix meat and dairy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell you that if you if you um, and this is something that he agrees with if you ever offer him free um, bacon it's a real it's like free bacon free ba- anyway it's, it's real. <laughs> um, uh, I, no I don't think so I- there she is laughing with a bunch of like self-described Nazis about her boss who's Jewish the Jew and his pension for free bacon I think that that kind of explains probably the most fireable events yeah I think that gets us up to speed with where we are as we stand here on Friday afternoon. That's that's the story. Well, there's been a bit more. I mean, more disputes between Kaylin and Ezra regarding the nature of these payments. Kaylin and George, his boyfriend, have maintained that the payments were for the, the house, that they would not otherwise have uh, obtained this lease, this year-long lease on a house in Bedfordshire, they would not otherwise have obtained had they not been strongly encouraged to do so by Ezra, who allegedly wanted them to build, turn it into like a big house studio UK for the Rebel UK. Oh, you're just tumbling back into that rabbit hole. And and you know what? I'll, I'll say this, okay, about Kaylin. There's a lot of minutiae and details to this and, and differing accounts, but I'll say this in Ezra's defense. Kaylin released a second video where he edited the audio recording to a section where George says to Ezra, I want to be very clear about something. This is not, we're not extorting you. This isn't blackmail. I'm not interested in, in, in anything like that. This is severance money. And in the way that it's cut, you just hear Ezra saying, sure, it's not extortion. It's not, it's not, uh, that's not what this is for. If you listen to the full thing, it's pretty clear that Though in that recording, Ezra is the first one to bring up the concept of hush money, of exchanging money for silence. That's pretty much how it opens. That's how it opens. Ezra is the one, at least in the context of that clip, he's pushing this agenda, but it it is quite clear that Ezra does believe he is buying their silence, Mm -hmm. that this is not severance money. And the, the context with which he says, sure, sure, it's not extortion is almost like he's humoring them like- yeah, and uh, the the full recording is listenable to anybody who wants to check it out. It's public at this point. No one fucking extorts Ezra Levant. He he says you don't want to call it extortion. You know, don't call it extortion. But you are going to take this money and you are going to sign this gag order. So I think that there was something out of context and and, and somewhat disingenuous in the way that that Kalen uh, presented that clip. And I think that has to be said uh, to 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 support at least an aspect of what Ezra is saying. Jonathan, are they done? No. I, I don't think so. It's not inconceivable that Ezra could choose to rebuild it as a different brand under a different name. That's possible. I mean, clearly we've seen that if nothing else, he's a he's a very smart businessman. But there's a lot of structure that's already been built. And like Rob Ford or Donald Trump or any number of other people who have had weeks of the, of story after story after story that you know each one of which you would think for most companies most people most politicians most groups would, would deal a mortal blow somehow some things have when they have a, as fervent fan bases as they do they can persist i think i agree with you i feel like 
from the inside of this, you can see like, my God, how do you recover from this? Every major personality is gone. Lauren Southern's gone. Gavin McInnes is gone. Faith Goldie is gone. Tommy Robinson, as of the time of this recording, is still there. Tommy Robinson, for his UK audience, yeah, is still involved. The access to politicians in Canada, it feels like his name is mud. It feels like it's toxic at this point. For now, anyway. These questions about the finances, they're not going to stop. We're not going to stop asking them. And other people might start asking them as well. And yet, I wonder if everything that's happened matters to the, well, hundreds of thousands of people. There's uh, 800,000 plus subscribers to the, to the Rebel YouTube channel. It's one of the top YouTube channels in the world. We know that he has over 100,000 signatures in Canada alone. And if I've learned nothing else about the Rebel, it's that this guy has built one of the most effective political campaigning tools in Canada. I don't think there's anything that the, the Liberal Party has, the NDP... And why why it's so hard for somebody like Andrew Scheer to denounce the rebel is that everything in politics these days is about data. And the rebel is an incredible resource of data about Canadians. The ability to create lists. Here are thousands of Canadians who care about rebuilding Fort McMurray. Here are thousands of Canadians who are appalled by the Omer Cotter payout. Here's where those two things intersect. The ability to micro-target groups in a country where elections are lost or won by swing votes, by uh, sometimes just a few thousand votes, these resources are invaluable. And the ability to reach these Canadians through the rebel is, it's something that I think it's going to be hard for people to absolutely turn their back on. When I attended the rebels anti-M103 rally back in February, it occurred to me that if they wanted to, they could very easily convert it into a more open into a political party or political organization or even a political campaign. Yeah, it's it's already very much run like that, and and I don't have any indication or specific reason to believe to that Ezra has any ambitions of that sort. But the way it is organized and the way they run themselves, they have that infrastructure in a way that. And on a scale that few organizations do in this country. I guess we're going to find out. But yeah, I would be very surprised. I mean, Ezra in a certain way thrives on these kinds of conflicts and and underdog narratives. Mm -hmm. Look, you can really get the sense like it's such a circus. And it's one that I think the mainstream media has largely turned away from. And I think it's a mixture of... We don't want to feed the trolls. This is beneath our contempt. Don't give them any more oxygen. But also he is highly litigious and he fights really dirty. And uh, there's uh, so many reasons why it's really been a space that has been abandoned by many and and which I think we felt a sense of responsibility to report on. And, and again, post Charlottesville, all of that information and I want to kind of close by saying this, like it just became really valuable to have that information. And, and you know, we're not mm. here to uh, destroy the rebel. We're not here to take a position on this. But, like people can decide for themselves whether the rebel is separable from Nazism or some new version of the rebel is separable from white nationalism, from alt-right, from white supremacy, from just racism as a concept. People can make up their own minds about that. But for those opinions to be informed opinions, they need facts to base those opinions on and that's the work that you've been doing with Evan Belgord and Graham Gordon and others. And like this week we were all doing it. Like what was really gratifying as a publisher was seeing Canada land this week. Like we're on summer schedule and our producers are like working on like fun stuff. They're working ahead on new series that we're developing. 
everybody dropped everything for this story mm-hmm. and lent support. And everybody was transcribing video, assembling lists, checking facts where necessary. This was a week where it felt like everything you've been doing really mattered. And the information helped a lot of other people reporting this stuff. And uh, I want to thank you for it. Thank you. That is your Canada Land Show. I hope you enjoyed it. You can email me. I'm at jesse at canadalandshow.com. And I'm going to read everything you send me and respond when I can. We are on Twitter at Canada Land. Like us on Facebook in order to get our news stories in your news feed or check out our website, canadalandshow.com. Our crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I am going to be taking a week off and there will be no shortcuts on Thursday and no Canadaland on Monday and I'll be back after that. Syndication of this show is by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. This episode is produced by Russell Gregg and a very special thanks this week to Kevin Sexton, to Ali Graham, to Corey Marr, all of my colleagues who pulled together uh, for this week of constantly breaking news. If you like what we do, please support us. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's gonna get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.